1: This is Dr. E.J. Buckhart speaking. I'm the dean of Royal Ministries International Bible School. And Dr. Hansen is out of town. He's with his daughter, Melita Hansen, and she is in the hospital and very ill. So I'll be sharing tonight's message at our staff prayer meeting before our prayer. Please remember Dr. Hansen and his daughter, Melita Hansen, in your daily prayers. We pray that she will be back here with us in a very near future. And so continue to pray for Melita Hansen. Today's message I have titled, Lack of Faith and Use of Bribery Are Not New. We're going to take a look at the stories of the resurrection of Jesus in the Gospels. The lack of faith... The disciples of Jesus, we will see, lack some faith. And they walked with Jesus. We do not walk with Jesus physically, but we also many times have a lack of faith. And this is true of all Christians today. There are times when we have a lack of faith. If we go to Matthew chapter 28... And I'm going to start at verse 11 through 20. And this will have to do with bribery. Now when they were going, behold, some that the watch came into the city, and they showed unto the chief priest all the things that were done. And when they were assembled with the elders, they took counsel, and they gave large money to the soldiers. These are the soldiers that guarded the tomb. Saying, His disciples came by night and stole him away while we slept. And if they come to the governor's ear, we will persuade them and secure you. We'll make sure you don't suffer for what you've done. So they took the money and did as they were taught. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. Bribery to cover up truth and guilt. The use of money to control. There's really nothing new under the sun. And if you're following the government here in the United States, you can see where money is being used to control. So nothing's new under the sun. But that doesn't give us the excuse not to be faithful and not to be able to become under bribery to control. In verse 17, it says, And when they saw him, that's when they saw Jesus, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And so, a lack of faith is doubt. So, some of the disciples who actually walked with him, talked with him, was taught by him, still had some doubt after, this, after his death and crucifixion, his death and crucifixion. Fiction. And Jesus said and spoke to them, saying, now "Listen to this: All power." is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go you therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. He has given us all power. And we are to go and preach... And also to observe all the things that he commanded. Not that he suggested, but that he commanded us to do. And there's two steps, I think, to this. One is to love the Lord the God with all thy heart. That's one of his commandments. The second one is to love thy neighbor as thyself. I want to note well here that in order to love God... We have to love ourselves. If not. It is self-egotistic love. We must love ourselves to love God. Love thy neighbor as thyself. So if we don't love ourselves, we can't love our neighbor and we can't love God. So it's important that we love ourselves so that we love God. Because God's the one that created us in the first place. And he is the father of love. So if you want to follow the commandments, love thy Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy strength, and thy neighbor as thyself. It does say you just love your neighbor. you got to love the neighbor as yourself. You've got to have yourself feeling important. And you do that because you're in the rules and the hands of the father of God. So therefore you can love your neighbor. And without that love of God, I have a hard time believing you can truly, truly love your neighbor. Let's go to Mark 16, the second gospel in the Bible. These are called the Synoptic Gospels. And I'm going to read in chapter 16, starting at verse 9 through 20, and make some comments. And now when Jesus was risen early the first day of the week, he appeared to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils. And she went and told them that they had been with him as they mourned and they wept. Be mourning and weeping because Jesus was crucified. And they, when they heard that he was alive and had been with her, they believed not. Now, we can come against the disciples and why couldn't they believe? But just stop to think about it. If you had a very close friend, that was crucified and he's in the tomb, you'd probably consider a lot of things that you would would not have thought of. Even though Jesus said, after three days, I will arise from the dead. They heard that, but as a human being, that thought, I think, passed their memory. He's gone. Even though he may have taught that, they didn't think about that. And so they didn't believe the women, when they came and said, hey, he's alive, we've seen him, and they believed not. After that, he appeared to another for, in another form unto two of them as they walked and went into the country. And they went and told it to the residue, which neither believed they them. In other words, here we go, this unbelief again. Afterwards, he appeared to the leaven as they sat at meat and unbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was arisen. Jesus chastised them. What do you mean? I'm alive. I told you I was going to rise after the third day. But because your unbelief and your hardness of heart, you didn't believe the word. You didn't believe the scriptures. You didn't believe the prophets. And you didn't believe me. I think we need to make the point, if the disciples had unbelief, what about us? Now we can look back, this is history, this is written, okay, and we could do, say whatever we want to about the disciples, but we have to get it personal because today, we too sometimes doubt when things get tough. Will God do what he says? Is God real? Unfortunately, we have a satanic people that come against us. It's the spirits, the principles and power operate through human beings. And those are the people we deal with. And we're seeing that, that, you know, people are coming and saying, Jesus is God that you worship, that Jesus is not real. It's all a figure of your imagination. And if you stop to think about that and you look at something's going on in your life, you may want to say, uh, let me think about that one. Let me think about that one. Is God hearing my prayers? Yes, God is hearing your prayers. Is he answering them the way you want them to be answered? Question mark. Has he heard your prayer? No question. He's heard your prayer. And he will answer that in his timing. And in his way. Because he knows what's best for you. That's another thing we have a hard time with. When things don't go the way we want them, we want to turn to the Lord and say, He didn't hear our prayers. Maybe He did. Keep living, keep walking, keep moving. Or, as I tell people, look back in your life when you went through some hard times. Did God see you through it? Hey, I'm 79 years old. I have seen, as I look back, God has seen me through a lot of things. I should be killed about three times, not by human beings, but being a farmer and working with equipment. I've been close to death many times. And the Lord has actually saved me. I could go into tell the experiences of that, but I think you all have that type of looking back into your life, that God did look after you. We don't have to have unbelief. But remember, unbelief is not new. It's been around for a long time. Ever since Adam and Eve, when Satan tempted them, unbelief came into power because Satan tried to deceive them. We have a lot of deceivers out there. A lot of deceiving being going on. Jesus even said, if it, were not, if it were possible, even the elect could be deceived. Now, we classify ourselves as the elect. We could possibly be deceived. We could possibly be deceived. But if you stand strong in the Lord, you will not be deceived. But that doesn't mean the enemy is not going to tempt you. And if you're going through some hard times right now as a Christian, I would tend to say you're probably doing something right. Because the devil, if you're doing everything the way he wants you, why should he even mess with you? He doesn't have time to do that. But he does have time to mess with you if you're the one that's following the Lord. And he will. You will come under suffering. You will come under suffering. That's one of the things I think as Christians we don't like about Scripture. When Jesus says, you will suffer as I suffered. We want everything beautiful and wonderful. We Americans in a lot of the Western world have have grown up in a very, very successful culture. Things have been nice. We've got our cars. We've got our home. We've got food. We've got a lot of things we can do. Who needs Jesus? That's why we have to suffer. Because if we don't, we tend to go the other way and say, I don't need the Lord. So if you're suffering, if you're suffering, say, thank you, Lord. Thank you. You suffered for me. You died for me. And I will suffer for you. It's a hard word, but I think it's a true word.
0: Do you enjoy the Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen radio program? Please take a minute to pray if the Lord would have you help us with the substantial financial burden of this program. We receive no grants or funding from any organization or government agency and have no other means of support than the gracious and generous giving of our listeners. World Ministries bears the entire burden. In about 30 seconds, you can donate at worldministries.org That's worldministries.org Thank you for your gifts, generosity, and graciousness.
1: And Jesus scolded them for their unbelief and their hardness of heart because they believed not them. That was those that had seen him alive. And after that, he says, this is something we need to do as a church today, as pastors, as, as lay people, is go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be condemned. It's pretty important to believe. And these signs shall follow them that believe. So if you believe, God's going to have signs and wonders working through you to reach and touch the lives of these people in these other nations. They'll take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That is so important for the church today is that we need to lay hands on the people who are sick and God will heal them. Now, you got to believe that. If you're out there laying hands on people and thinking, oh, God ain't going to heal them, but I'll just lay hands on them and pray for them. That's not the way it works. That's not the way it works. We do what God says to do, what he commanded us to do, so that he can work in the lives of people. It's that simple. And the best of all, in Mark's gospel after the resurrection, and this is what you can take joy in. Best of all, I am with you always. Now, do you believe that? Do you believe God is with you always? He is, if you allow him to be. We have free choice, but we choose to follow him and follow his obedience. I will be with you always, even to the end of the world. That's forever. In Luke 24, 11 through 53. I'm not going to read all of that because of time. But you have your Bible, you read it. And I'm going to pick out a few things. Verse 11. And their words seemed to them as idle tales and they believed them not. Now they're talking about the Mary Magdalene, Jonah, Mary, the mother of James, and the other women who told them that they had gone to the grave and he was not there. He was alive. But they believed them not. And then it talks about Peter going there and the other disciples going there. And while they were there, it came to pass... While they were communicating together and reasoning, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holden that they should not know him. God blinds eyes sometimes for a reason. Because he wants to teach us something. So he'll blind our eyes. And he said to them, What manner of communication are these that you have to one another as you walk and are sad? And one of them says, whose name was Cleopas, Answered, said to him, art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem? And hast thou not known the things that came to pass in these days? And Jesus said to him, what things? Can you see Jesus doing this? He's checking these guys out. And what things, guys? And they said to him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty indeed, and the word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death, and he was crucified. But we trusted that he had been he with us, should have been redeemed. He would have redeemed Israel. But now that he's dead, how is he going to redeem Israel? That's what they're thinking through their minds. And besides all this, this is a third day since these things have happened. Yea, the certain women also in a company made us astonished when they were early at the sepulcher. And when they found not his body, they came, said that they had seen visions of angels and said he was alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher and found it as the women's had said. But they saw him not. And then Jesus said unto them, listen to these words. Oh, fools. Now, do you want God to call you a fool? He's calling these people, his close buddies, fools. Oh, fools. How slow to heart to believe. All that the prophets have spoken. That all the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things to enter to his glory? Then go to verse 31. Then their eyes were opened and they knew him. And 32. While he opened the scriptures to them. Scriptures was not Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and the New Testament. It was the Old Testament. The Torah, the prophets. And then later it goes on, and as Jesus spake to them himself, he stood in the midst of them and he said, Peace be to you. Can you hear the words of Jesus saying to you, Peace be to you? He's trying to say it. Peace be to you. And he said, Why are you troubled? Why do you thoughts in your hearts? Behold, my hands and my feet, that I myself handle me and see a spirit which has not flesh bones as you have seen me, Verse 41, and while they yet believed not for joy and wondered, he said unto them, have you any meat? He says, okay, I'll show you I'm alive. I'm a human being. I'm going to eat meat. And he took it and he did eat it before them. And he said to them, these are the words that I speak to you while I was with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. It's time, don't throw out the Old Testament. Don't throw out the Torah and the Prophets. Jesus says, hey, all that they said came through in my life. And he opened up their understanding that they might understand the Scriptures. Oh, we pray that God will open up the Scriptures so we can understand it. And then it said, and that repentance and the remission of sins should be preached among the nations. I believe majority of the churches now are no longer teaching repentance. And if we don't teach repentance in the church, where are people going to see their sins so they can come before the Lord and ask for forgiveness? Repentance is very, very important. And then after that, he said, and they worshiped him and entered into Jerusalem with joy. Once Jesus once again told him who he was, that it was all prophesied in the scriptures, this is me, I died, I crucified, I suffered, I was born, I was raised again, now I'm with you. Now you can have the joy that they had lost for three days. If you've lost your joy, accept the Lord and bring your joy back. So once again, many are slow to believe and repentance and remission of sin must be preached. And after he had blessed them, they worshiped and returned home with great joy. To have great joy, the disciples have, you must believe in him and worship him. That's a requirement. John 20, verse 24. And Thomas, this is the story of the doubting Thomas. And he said to his disciples who had seen Jesus, but he had not. He said to them, not until I see his holes in his hands and his feet will I believe. Boy, there's a stubbornness of a spirit. Do you have a stubborn spirit? And say, I'm not going to believe until you do this for me, Lord. And the Lord will probably sit back and say, eh, just wait, see what I can do. And you may have to go through a few things before he does it. So the best thing to do is not to, not to be stubborn and believe. And he said, I will not believe. But then when Jesus came into the midst, by the way, the door was shut and he walked right through the door. Amazing. That's something you could talk about a long time. He said, peace be unto you. How many times did Jesus come and said to them, peace be with you? And he said to Thomas, reach thy finger and behold my hands and reach thy hand and thrust it to my side and be not faithless but believing. And Thomas said, My Lord and my God. And Jesus then said, Thomas, because you have seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen me and yet have believed. He physically saw Jesus after the resurrection. And Jesus said, To him, because thou see me, you believe. And they that have not seen me and yet believe. That's us. We have not seen him physically and to believe. But these things are written in the Bible that they might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing they may have life through his name. We need to have faith. We need to have trust and we need to have confidence in the Lord and learn to trust His Word, which means you've got to read it and be explained to you. And always remember Isaiah 54, 17. This is to me and my wife. We pray it all the time. No weapon formed against you shall prosper and every tongue that shall rise against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is a heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, says the Lord.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program